When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Tyler Siski. Former Ole Miss recruiting guy, lead recruiting guy for Ole Miss, other places. Hey, buddy, what's up? That's the rumor. Great introduction. I like it. I mean, no. you may call you a recruiting dynamo. No. Say. no? No. I don't even know what my titles was. You know, everybody else, you know, they like uh, all the young guys. We're a good friend, Brennan. You know, he, he loves his titles. I, I could care less. As long as the commas and the zeros are right, I don't. they could call me whatever. I don't care. Yeah, well, I'm going to call you recruiting dynamo, Tyler Siski, because right now, <laughs> We're in the middle of the push to National Signing Day on December 15th, and you were very familiar with this time of year and what it was like. What is it like right now for coaches? What are they doing? You know, I think it's different, though. I, I think it's a lot different than it, it was when I was doing it. The, the transfer portal, it's not – the portal was around when we were there, right? But the the, the trick of the portal was the immediate eligibility. So I, I don't think – matter of fact, I know I was talking to a, uh, a head coach yesterday um, and we were talking about how it's changed so much, you know, so quickly that, you know, schools aren't having to what we would call, you know, take development guys or, you know, they're not having to stretch. You know, there's there's time where well, we got to have we need this many receivers or whatever. Well, this guy normally we wouldn't take him, but, you know, he's got some things. We'll take a chance on him. They're not taking chances on kids at all. Um, and so I think it's a little bit less stressful than what people think uh, because of the portal and, and what's going on there. Well, you and I have talked about it before, how fans are going to have to adjust their expectations or how they're used to viewing recruiting based off of the portal, because it used to be all about recruiting rankings and a player ranking and team rankings. And now the portal is really taking over everything, especially this year. Ole Miss is really focused on the portal for a number of reasons, not the least of which there's a numbers crunch on the roster right now. And I don't think a lot of people yeah. quite understand what that numbers crunch is. So if you were dealing with it in that room, what is it? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously every university is different and what I'm doing now, I, I deal with a bunch of different universities, but so everybody's got a different situation, but, you know, COVID, you know, allowing the COVID super senior, you know, that really with, combined with the portal and everything else, the, the roster management issues are everywhere. Right. So you know, it gave everybody an extra year of eligibility. And so like this year when they're like, oh, well, you can be at whatever 100 and whatever you are, you know, scholarships. Well, now next year you got to go all the way back down to 85. And so there's going to be a ton of all across America. And, and this is why you're seeing the portal the way you're seeing it. And I think you're going to see another wave of it, you know, in the spring after spring football, obviously, but uh, which was going to be hot anyway, but it's going to be super hot because now you got to go from whatever you're at, say you're at 100, okay, and you got to get back down to 85. Okay, for this next fall. Well, that's not counting signing guys or, or who's coming back. And so there's going to be there's going to be good players across the country that are basically going to get 
cut, you know, and that's what it is. You're getting cut, but being encouraged to go into the portal uh, to get back to 85. But roster management is a, is a key issue right now across the country. It, it definitely is. And it is at Ole Miss too, because they're in a numbers crunch. They're hurting and, and they're losing some kids, not necessarily losing them. Like you said, cutting, processing, whatever you want to call it. And these kids, good for them. They're getting opportunities elsewhere. Like Bryce Johnson ended up at Houston and, Jamar Richardson ended up at UTSA. So they're getting some good landing spots. Not everybody's going to get that, but with Ole Miss, it is by design. And I feel like Ole Miss fans are starting to come around to the new reality of it because there is a smaller pool of high school players they're pursuing and they're expected to be in it with until December 15th. But the portal is yeah. where really everything is. Yeah, it's it's really it, – it's blown my – it's really – here's who's getting screwed, okay? The high school player is getting screwed. Mm. Okay, we can call it what we want to call it. You know, and but the high school players getting screwed. I literally, you know, it's been it's been a crazy couple of weeks here for me. I, I I feels like every one of my buddies has gotten a head job here in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to, and they got, you know, they're on crunch time and they're trying to get guys, you know, um by December 15th. And like, hey, you know, whether they've whether they were not a head coach and becoming a head coach or whether they were a head coach somewhere else and and relocating. Uh, to this area or around the south, and and they're like, hey, who are the guys? Da, 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 da. It will blow your mind because there are kids out there right now that have nothing. I'm talking about no offers that I would be dying to sign three years ago. It's it's really odd because oh. it's like the elite of the elite are getting signed, okay? And then you go back, and it's really like a double, you know, sk- it skips like two levels because now you go into like group of five schools well group of five schools were able to sign guys that would be power five guys three years ago but then they're not even stretching because they're you're, they're managing the uh the portal i was talking literally yesterday to a, a new fbs head coach and he's like you know what i don't i think whoever's going to win out on signing day is going to be the person who has the most scholarships before the first day of class that starts in january that's the person that's going to win on signing day and yeah. if you got the scholarships to give, because these kids are, they're out there, man. And it's a, it's a unique deal. So why would totally the NCAA, why would they expand rosters or keep it at expanded rosters? Why go back to the hard cap so suddenly? You're asking, I mean, I can only, this is where I get frustrated is I guess I got to a point in my career where the NCAA people would call and ask my opinion on things. Um, I gave, I sat down with them, um, but six, eight, you know, about six months before the portal even came out, right? I literally laid down the out the issues. I said, this is a great idea. It's good for the kids. Da, 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 da. I said, but here's the issue, right? I said, once you grant, and I was here at Ole Miss, right? And so I said, but you, if you're going to do the portal, that's fine. I said, but the one thing you can't do is allow for immediate eligibility with transfer. And they were like, well, why, you know, why? I said, well, the problem is, is you, you've already done it. You don't realize it. And they're like, no, you're going to, we'll never do that. They're going to have to sit out. We'll never do that. Because if you do that, this is where you're, you're turning it into free agency. You're going to have to recruit your own kids. The roster gets turned upside down. Now it's great for programs trying to turn things around quickly. Cause I think you can do that, but at some point in time, and I keep saying this at some point in time, now COVID masked it a little bit, but at some point in time, the taxes are going to be due, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're going to end up in a roster. If you go too heavy portal, your roster management issue is going to be – you're going to be in trouble, okay? But at the same time, 
if you keep taking portal guys, there's no high school guys going to college, right? So sooner or later, something's got to give. The taxes are going to be due at some point in time, and uh, we'll see. We'll see when that happens. Yeah, I wonder for schools like Ole Miss, they're relying upon the portal heavily right now. If there's a danger for the future, or is this just what it is, right? To where roster construction is going to last, not up until those fine days that you're used to seeing the early signing period the spring signing period, you're talking about not having your roster settled now until August. And that's every big yeah. runner, it seems like. It's like you're always going to be constantly building your roster. That is that is true. I think, you know, um, I've kind of – I'm doing some consulting for some schools and things like that. So I kind of got uh, – you know, I've adjusted – like adjusted the way I would do it. You know, things have changed so quickly – that you you have to, and especially in recruiting, man, you gotta you gotta adapt what you do. You can't just say this is what we're doing and this is how we're doing. Or you you adapt mm-hmm. or you die. Right. I mean, that's just the truth. And everything you do, you adapt or you die. And so for me, I do think the go into thirty two initials. And this is the other thing they said. Well, it's for this year. We'll vote on it for next year. Like why make it every year? You know, this thirty two. This or I say thirty two. This you know up to seven. You know, if you lose guys in the portal, because you're going to lose guys in the portal, right? Um, you know, the frustration amongst coaches is that they're having to recruit their own players as hard as they're having to recruit the players they're supposed to go sign to keep them. And so this whole game has changed. And so with 32 has helped a little bit, but you still have to take some high school kids. You know, I think I have my number um, that I'm, I'm doing, which is 22. I think you, when I say high school kids, let me explain this. If you take a transfer that has three or more eligibility years remaining, so three, you know, three years left, I count him as a high school player. Three out three years of eligibility in my mind from a roster management, I count as part of the 22. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> you got to take 22 guys that have three or more years of eligibility remaining. Now, and here's the truth, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, but if you take a guy like Quinn Ewers, the guy that the quarterback from um, Ohio State that's in, I, I, I talked about him on the podcast this week. And so he's like, a golden goose, right? I mean, he's like the he's like a unicorn because he has not used a year of eligibility. Okay, he's a best player in this. You know, he says he's in twenty one class, where he's twenty two class in my mind, right? Best player in the class. All right, if he when he transfers, he he can't leave. Yeah. He's stuck, and so he's his value is immense right now because you don't have to worry about going, you know, if you go sign an Arch Manning and he doesn't like what's going on, they ask him, get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you sign this kid and he's as talented, if not more talented, and you don't, you don't have to worry about him leaving. He's stuck. We can tell it's time to go to the NFL. Yeah. And, and that's Guys something like, with a lot of these uh, transfers too, is that so many of them see that as the path, but that's not the path. And I think Brennan put out, some numbers as far as the number of kids who've gotten in and have found a spot so far, it is under 30%. You know, that's going to be a problem too, is then what happens? What happens when all of these kids are in the portal and they don't have a spot in which to go? You know, I tease, I tease my man Brandon about his tweets, you know, <clears throat> it's and, easy. Uh, it's really easy to do. It's really easy. And I love him to death. He knows this. So he's probably listening. He, so <laughs> <laughs> we had a rule where I had to like, he would, he would say, I mean, I can't tell you how many times he came to my office and he'd go, can I tweet this? I was like, no. I was like, why? I was like, don't do it. I was like, what, why are we? I said, don't. I told him because I was like, why are you? You're not calling you when they're pissed off. They're calling me. I said, so yes. I don't need that. I don't need those issues today. Uh, but I love him to death. He's one of the best I work with. But um, 
he he had a great tweet yesterday, what you were talking about. And, and currently there are 72 uh, percent of the players are still in the portal. Again, this is another thing I, I told the NCAA. What was that in February or March of 2017, 18? I don't remember what year it was. Um, but it was before the, the portal came out in October is when it started. So it was March or February of that year. Here's the problem is when a kid goes into the portal, right, the university has the right to pull their aid, mm-hmm. okay, pull their scholarship for people that don't know what aid is. And these kids, every year, the number has been around 66, 67% or right around there. Every year that these kids are going into the portal and they're not, they don't have, they can't find anywhere to go. Okay. And so these kids can't afford college. And and a lot of times, and they're getting bad advice, man. You got some street agent at home or you got some guy saying, man, you're better than that. They're not playing you. They're screwing you. You need to go in the portal. And the kid has no way to, and they, they don't listen. And you can't stop them like you used to. You used to could have a conversation and you had like these uh, from a coach's standpoint where you would like block certain schools and things, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. So, and that really wasn't to say, hey, I don't want you to play here as much as it was to going like, hey, you're trying to tell the kid that he's making a big mistake, relax. Okay, let's let's work through this. Because right now there's no, there's no way once they go in, these kids can't pay for their education and they don't get a college degree. I'm talking about kids who are in there that, they're the first generation person going to college. And so by making an emotional decision as a kid, they've affected their life forever. And this is a generational thing. You know, I've seen it just kill people and it's, it's really heartbreaking, but you know, it is what it is, but uh, I'm glad Brendan tweeted that out. Um, yeah. And I, and, and, you know, cause he's got a different, I guess, audience uh, than I do probably. <laughs> and, but it's a problem, man. And, and it needs to be discussed and, and it really bothers me. Uh, now that I can say a lot of things now that I couldn't say before, obviously, but you know, you feel like you're muted and you got to run the company line all the time and all that stuff. But when people make like you got people making decisions in the NCAA that are never coached or never done anything with the sport, man, and they're killing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's all bad now. I'm just saying there's ways that you can tinker the rules a little bit to make it good for football. And it's all across the deal. I mean, it's, it's just, it's really frustrating sometimes. Well, you make a really good point because player movement is inherently good. That's something I think everybody wants freedom of movement, but protecting kids too is supposed to be what is the guardrails or the um, parachutes for the NCAA. And yet the NCAA, all they're talking about right now is how hard life is for them, including yesterday, Mark Emmert coming out and saying, there's no job in America tougher than being a college administrator or a college authoritative person, whatever. Yeah. So here's the thing is like, and I tell people all the time, okay, this isn't anything new, first of all. Okay. But they're talking about, you know, well, you're turning into free agency. So what's the NFL term when you have free agency? What's the word that the NFL has been using forever? Tampering. Tampering. And so now that's coming into college football. Right. But here's the truth. My advice to players, and I said, that's what I, when I quote tweeted Brendan yesterday, don't go in the portal until you have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. Well, there's only one way to do that. Like the best thing for the student athlete is tampering. Okay. And, you know, it's not, and when I say tampering, and it's been going on for years and ever since the portal's been in place, every school does it. Every school. Like if you're, if you're, if you're playing at Ole Miss and I'm coaching at, I don't want to say rival school, if I'm coaching at Oklahoma state. Okay. And I want you to transfer our place. I'm not calling you and going, Hey Ben, man, we'd love to have you over here at Oklahoma (laughs) state. That's not what they're doing. But what I would do is I would call your high school coach 
and be like, hey, coach, how's that left tackle you got, that 24 left tackle you got there? Oh, and by the way, hey, uh, look, I want you to make sure Ben let Ben Garrett know if he wants to get out of uh, Ole Miss, I got a spot for him here at Oklahoma State. Right. It's on. It's not text message. It's on a phone call. It's a legal phone call that you're making about somebody else. It just gets slipped in there. And that's how all of it's happening, right? The tampering. But that's the best thing, as dumb as it sounds. It's against the rules, but that's the only way to protect the student athlete, which is kind of the point. And I just hate it for kids. Like, I'm okay. I like the transfer. I want them to be able to go where they want to go. I just don't want kids to make emotional decisions yeah. and ruin their life over it. We'll get right back to Tyler Siski, former director of player personnel at Ole Miss, after we hear briefly from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. Player movement, freedom of movement is inherently good, but they're not getting good advice for a lot of them aren't getting good advice. And you're right. If you're not going into the portal, knowing where you're going, if you're not Zach Evans or Quinn Ewers, these big time Correct. top of the top, I mean, they, they, they're going to have options. Everybody, every school of consequence is going to pursue those kids. But if you're not one of those guys, unless you really know where you're going, that's why Indiana in many ways has become like, um, a landing spot for all Ole Miss cast-offs. Patrick Lucas has gone to Indiana. He was right in the portal and right to Indiana. Uh, Ladarius Cox, John Haynes, Ryder Anderson. A lot of these schools have you lined up as we're counting you amongst our group already before you get into the portal. But if you haven't made those plans, then you're going to have a really tough time. It's going to be a harsh reality once you get in to what the portal is actually like. It's not free agency because if, if it was free agency and all schools were equal and could do all these things the exact same way, then no matter what the player is, you would have at least some type of competition for that player. But not every player is getting that kind of that kind of treatment. They're not Quinn Ewers. They're not Zach Evans. And that's what some players – they think they are, but they're not as far as the way coaches view it. Right. And, and that's a – so that's a big – when you're a coach, right, and fans, I, I'm sure they know – I think they know this. I don't know. So I'll say it anyway. But, like, the problem is, is like – so when you're at Ole Miss or you're at a – you're at a power yeah, – SEC school, let's just say that – you got these kids that come in and, you know, they may have been recruited by 
you know, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, you know, you get some high profile guy. Okay. When he comes there, he's, he's not very good. Okay. Or he gets hurt or something that, that, that hinders his development. Okay. And he doesn't play for you. Well, his people, quote unquote, back home, you know, they're in his ear, man, you know, Alabama wanted you, Georgia wanted you, you can't play there. We'll go in the portal. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you go in the portal, the people are going to know why were you not playing at the last place you were, you were at. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to want to know that. And, you know, there's sometimes there's, there's reasons, right. Or what happened here? What happened there? Like, and you can't, and as a coach, you try to tell the kid, you're like, look, man, that's great if you want to go, but you're not, you know, they're not taking you. You know, I think kids think that they're going to go in the portal. It's kind of this NIL deal. They think if they're on the field, they're getting paid. You know, that's not how it works. And the reality of the situation, it's like nobody's being like being honest with the kids. And when the people are being honest with the kids, the kids don't even believe it. So it's just a, it's a sad deal, man. On on a lot of cases. It's good from an overall operational standpoint. But what I'm talking about more than anything with this stuff is the guardrails or lack thereof from the NCAA's point of view, rather than focus on the things that matter, protecting the student athletes, they're focused on arbitrary nonsense. Like, Oh, well, there's some tampering from so-and-so. Well, yeah. Tampering sounds bad or sounds wrong, but it's not wrong. First of all, these are rules from the NCAA arbitrary rules. You're not breaking any law. You're just talking to a kid. And it's the only thing really protecting them from getting to the portal and having nowhere to go, or at least understanding what their situation is, because unless you can talk to those schools and have a good idea, the school, like you said, can take away your scholarship once you get in. They don't have to honor it anymore. And those kids don't think about that, too. So I, I love everything that's gone into place, but it's the NCAA doing what the NCAA does, and that is react rather than, you know, be proactive. That That is what man, our good friend Brennan, if he's heard it one time, he's heard it a thousand times. Be proactive, not reactive. But, <laughs> you know, but it, it, like yesterday, whether you were talking about with Emory, the thing that, like, drives me nuts is we're sitting here really complaining about coaches talking to kids, but by God, we couldn't stop them getting paid. So let's just start the NIL. So we're, we're not worried about that part. We're not worried about paying the kids. No, that's all good. But let's worry about somebody having a phone conversation with somebody. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm just like, you the know, the stuff they Dr. decide to enforce is just hilarious to me. It don't even get me started. We it could, we could have a, seven, a 17 we hour could. podcast on that. We could. What is quick recruiting? Yeah. So, what we're doing right now is I've and I've t- talked a little bit about it, but um, I partnered with a uh, a new competitor in the in the high school video market to huddle, an alternative to huddle called uh, Quick Cut. And so I'm running the recruiting side of that company. And uh, what we do, and it's great because I hate all these. If there these recruiting services out there charge, there's just a hold hustle on, going on. on but they charge. Hold on kids. now, slow down. What I, I work for a recruiting service. No, not your recruiting service. Oh, okay, no, not like okay. no, right. those are those are not what the NCAA doesn't consider what you do a, a recruiting service. That hurts. Oh, oh my heart. Oh, <laughs> no, you're 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 selling to you're selling the fans. Uh, I'm talking about what the what you're selling to universities. So, uh, what we do is completely free the kids and completely free the high schools, and then the colleges pay us. And what we do is I've uh, had this idea for about seven years, man, and. Um, you know, back to all the way back when I was at Alabama, even a little bit before I was at Alabama. So we have a privately owned uh, recruiting department. I got guys with me from Alabama, from Ole Miss, came over and worked with me to uh, Georgia. And uh, <clears throat> we uh, have built a software that uh, colleges use 
uh, in recruiting that's basically puts every single uh, recruiting service, not not your kind of recruiting service, but every kind of uh, recruiting service all into one. And uh, what you need, one person can run the recruiting department by themselves with a the software. So uh, we're doing that and uh, cranking it up, man. Yeah, and you've got coaches that you coached with, coached for, all over the place now. Rich Rod is at Jacksonville State. Have you yeah. been tempted at all to get back in the game? I have not. <laughs> not even a little. <laughs> not, huh? not even a little. Not even a little. Um, had, had had some calls, um, obviously, uh, but yeah, no. I've uh, you know, I guess everybody's got a number. I just they haven't got there yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> but everybody's but leaving the door open had, there, leaving the door open a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean. You never say never, but never. You know, I mean, I love what I'm doing. Um, and it's not, it's about being a dad, man. I, I love my being. It's, it's, I've spent my whole life doing this. And um, I was literally on the phone with a guy. I mean, I can't tell you how many coaches and recruiting staffs that I've talked to that are like, I'm out of here. This is it. You know, mm -hmm. the game's changed and, you know, everything's getting thrown on the recruiting staffs. But um, I enjoy what I do. To where you know when at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever, I go home. I don't have to worry about where a seventeen-year-old kid's going to school tomorrow. Um, I, I I get to be coach my kids' baseball team, man. I, I get to be a dad, and I had no idea. I know this sounds extremely dumb, okay, but when you at when you start doing this at twenty years old, and you look up and you're forty-four, and that's all I know. I mean, I worked. 365 days a year and it didn't used to be like that you know and probably about 10 years ago it started getting crazier and it's to the point now and and if you got a job I mean you got a job but a lot, I mean everybody listening here has probably got a job but you know when you go on vacation and you get to like unplug and unwind or at the end of the day you yeah. get to come home and you get to put your feet up and, and watch a ball game you know when you're working in recruiting, especially, like I'm never not working. And when I say that is even when I'm home, my wife had this saying, she wore me out about it. She goes, when you're home, you're not home. And when she hit me with that, that kind of stuck with me. She goes, when you're home, you're not even home. You know, when you're on vacation and, you know, I remember being at the beach, man. I mean, going to the beach and <clears throat> we were at the turquoise. We went down and stayed at the turquoise. And I remember us getting ready to leave. Okay. The Turk would have been there a week. And I was just, I was working nonstop on the phone. We we're getting commitments. Da, da, da. I mean, I'm working and, and this is supposed to be a quote unquote dead period. Right. And Matt Luke was staying at the turquoise the next week. And we pass each other in the uh, parking deck as he's coming to check in and we're checking out. And we get out of the car and talk about recruiting for 45 minutes. You know, we're in a parking garage at the turquoise. You know, you just – it never turns off, right? And and that, that gets very uh, – it it's, it's a grind, and it's tough on your family. Um, and then, you know, now you don't have any time to build anything anymore, right? So you're, you're now you're a hired mercenary, um, and you're moving some place to place to place place and it's just it gets old man and it's, it's uh and for what i do especially kind of my specialty deal is building things i don't have i mean if i don't have time to build it why the hell do it yeah 
I do think that the hired gun mercenary stuff has led to a lot of what the portal is right now. I don't know how you change it or how you make it better and improve it, but I do think that pressure to win, knowing that I can go get a kid with two, three years of eligibility from Georgia rather than wait on a high school kid to be ready in a couple years because I might only have three years has created the environment we're currently in. It's no question. I mean, I've said this and everybody's heard me saying this before. Is it's like when I was, I had a saying when I recruited kids, it's like, well, that's great. We can go recruit the guy, but I'm just going to be recruiting him for somebody else. Um, it's, it's a hard, it's a, it's a hard thing knowing that you're not like, I've never in my career, there's only been one place that I've worked at in 20 something that I got to enjoy the players that we actually recruited and have success with them. And that was Arkansas state. And that's, that's the only place that I've ever worked that I got to enjoy the fruits of my labor. You know, Did you get like to I enjoy was, Matt Corral, at least watching him a little bit this year? No, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, I enjoy watching them from afar. I'm just yeah. talking about enjoy the, the winning part. Right. You know, when I was at experiencing it uh, with them. Yeah. I have a very unique track record for places where I leave. They, they, they seem to, they seem to win after I leave and, and, you know, the fans, they don't understand that. They, they, they say you suck and, you know, you're always the guy in the last staff and you're freaking, can I cuss on this thing, by the way? Yeah, up to a, a clean podcast? Up to, up to, we're pretty clean, but I say shit and ass a lot and damn a few times. Okay. Just no, just no F words. No F words. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, but the, uh, you know, it's, you go to, you know, we enjoyed it at Arkansas state, man. We got to build that thing up and we won what 11 games where it was 10, 11. I don't even remember how we won, but came here here for a year and a half. And then that, and then I leave. And then the first time I left was on my own volition. Right. So I went to Alabama and you got to see uh -oh. those, that group, that group that we recruited, what they were able to accomplish. Okay. And uh, I got some satisfaction out of that besides the one game. Um, but, you know, I don't ever, and those guys are my friends. I don't ever pull against, I want the players to do well. And then when I got to Alabama, they had not – I was actually at Alabama the two years they didn't win a national championship, right? And then the group that the group that we were able to recruit for those three classes, whatever it was, that's the one that went on the run, you know, and – Did you, know, you get 16, a ring? 17, 18, 19. Yeah, I got SEC championship ring. I didn't get a national championship. We lost in the playoffs. Oh, come there. on. Come on. Yeah, I lost to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just crap luck. But that team – the team that we actually – the first year I was over there was the best football team I've ever been a part of. And we didn't, <clears throat> we didn't even, uh, it was a kick six year. So oh, we boy. didn't play in it. And then the next year, the team was actually really probably the worst team Nick's ever had in 14 and uh, was able to go to the college football playoff, but got beat uh, by Ohio State that year. But, <clears throat> but then, you know, you go to, uh, then I you know, wanted to coach again, get back, and then to see all the receivers that I was able to recruit at, at, at uh, South Alabama, you know, I didn't run recruiting at that time. I was, coaching and to see the, their success that they're having now, you know, going to the senior bowl, going to be at high draft picks and all those guys have success. And then, then you come back here and you get a class and a half and then, you know, they think you suck and y'all don't know what you're doing. You know, your recruiting sucks. Y'all didn't get this guy. You suck. And then, you know what? I mean, I'm proud of them because what happened? They won 10 games, set a school record this year, man. So, that makes me happy. I, do I get joy in that? Yes, I do. I do. I, I'm, uh, my job's not to call plays. My job is to, is to evaluate talent. And evaluating talent is not always about getting, you know, I know which everybody hates, the five-star guys. You got to get the right puzzle. You got to put a puzzle together, right? 
And so sometimes this guy compliments this guy. You gotta it's you gotta put it together. And so you know, I feel good about what we did there and the players that we got and and the success that they're having. So I really enjoy seeing that. Sam Williams, Dontario Drummond, really Sam, because I personally recruited Sam. So knowing his whole story and which I don't know what's out there and what's not, so I'm not gonna say anything, but uh that makes me that makes me happy every day. Every sack he makes, I get a smile on my face. Is there an identifier for particular players when okay, for example, a fan or even a media person like me, when we're looking at prospects, we can't look at them with intimate detail and know what we're looking at or what we're looking for. You just see the ranking or how they compare to other players, stuff like that, very basic stuff. So for recruiting guys in particular that are trying to identify talent, what are the qualifiers? What are the identifiers? Well, I mean, obviously it depends on what position you're – I think we have – we had what we call critical factors, uh, which I think – if you've ever, you know, most everybody, but now in the SEC, but if you've ever worked in the Saban tree at any time, in the, you know, we it's really based off critical factors per position. And you're looking for, and, you know, and freeze always would say uh, size, speed ratio. And I mean, that's important. But um, to me, I'm big on length. Um, you know, I'm big on, you know, again, depending on the position, what the critical factors are, but you got to look for, you know, balance and body control. Uh, you know, hip explosion. It just depends on what I mean, it depends on what position. Um, and then quarterbacks, you're looking for people that got what I call the it factor, you know, and and you can throw up the most top 50 quarterbacks in America and you throw them on the board. And the one that's got the most shit in their neck, that's usually probably gonna be the one that's gonna be the best one. And if you look at you look at the dude that's across the street uh wearing number two, he, he's got it. What was the he, identifier uh, for an Evan Ingram, for example, when you identify him in camp? So, yeah, so Evan was a really um, – he had to write stuff about him. And Evan was a undersized kid coming out of high school. And I remember the big thing with him was him coming to camp. And when he came to camp, just to see how he competed and his body control um, and just so smooth, his ball skills. And we thought, you know, our biggest concern with – our only question really on Evan and really everybody's question was, is he going to get big enough? I want, and Brennan's really like, like a Siri and he could remember this stuff. I, I want to say he was either like two Oh three is sticking out in my head for some reason, but he may have been under that. Brennan could probably tell us, but exactly what he weighed when he came to camp, but it was more of the reason we were able to get him at that time was nobody else was willing to take a shot to see if he could get big enough. Right. And, uh, but just good kid, man, and and a you just see it, man. I can't – it's kind of – I know I'm not helping you out here much, but it's just one of those things that you – It's the, I always say the gate. Like, you, do you like horse racing? No, but I'm going to listen to what you have to say about it. All right, so if you ever watch thoroughbreds run, they got a gate. And okay. They got a trot to them kind of. Oh, okay, yeah. And you kind of see there's certain players that when they move, you're like, yeah, that's he's got that thoroughbred gait. He, he he runs a certain way. So I think there's things you see there in live. And I can see if I see a kid live and in person, it, it'll take me five minutes. I can watch tape on a kid for four hours. But if I see a kid live and in person, you can evaluate in five minutes. Yeah. Is there a difference between the gait or what you're looking for with a running back to a tight end to a quarterback? Or yeah, is it every, all every is position? There, okay. Yes. Every position, like running backs. Okay. Like I don't get caught up on height on running backs. Okay. You know, you I don't like long striders at, at running back. You gotta have put your feet in the ground. Same thing with DBs, you know, tight ends. 
you don't want to see them be flat footed. You know, they got to have some ankle flexion. They can't be stiff. They got to have, you know, can't, I don't even call it blocking anymore because everybody gets caught up. Can a tight end block? When was the last time we saw any tight end block in America? No. I okay. Should, I don't remember. You have to have a, what I call a willingness to block. Are you, do you have enough nuts to line up and block somebody? Yeah, if we need you, you to, can you block? If yeah, we, we need just had to have you, could yeah. you get it? I'm not saying go block a three technique, but can you block a freaking outside backer, right? So, you know, there's a lot of those guys. Uh, receivers for sure, you know, balance. I'm a big receiver, you know, one step change of direction. Like I said, uh, sinking their hips in and out of routes, yada, yada, yada. We could go on forever. I feel like anybody could pick out a quarterback. That's that naive. <laughs> that is extremely naive. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. You, I said, yeah. is it naive? You know, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. 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 So here's the problem with quarterbacks, right? Is again, when I, you can playing quarterback, being having the physical skills to what it takes to play quarterback. Well, that's what I'm talking about. We could see the is, physical skills, but it's just, yes, I think anybody stuff. can see the physical skills. It's the other stuff that makes maybe, and like I said, I would argue with anybody on this. It's the other stuff, right, that makes a quarterback what they are, okay? And I'm going to give you an example. This is a great example for Ole Miss fans because I've been involved a lot in the last – all right, so let's go backwards in time, okay? All right. Tell me the quarterbacks that have had success at Ole Miss. Let's start present day. Matt Corral. Does he get any shit in his neck? Is he a competitor? Yeah. Check. Is he pretty good? Yeah, he's pretty good. Okay, all right. Should be in New right. York right now for the Heisman. Uh, don't even get me started. I'm 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 beyond pissed about that. But go ahead. Yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. Same thing with Chad Kelly, Bo Wallace, competitors. You know, and, right, and before, for, but even the guy that's on that played quarterback with Matt is who? John Rice Plumley. John right? Rice. In that system, was he good? Yeah. Y'all are always concerned he? about his ability to throw the ball downfield, though, right? Correct. Yes, but it was weird. I I don't even that one. That part that part blows my mind. He would get in practice. Like if you came, and I'm sure you came, you come to practice and watch the guy. You're like, he can't. You can't, he was he was like a a Jekyll and Hyde on game day, right? You came to practice, you would like he's not that fast, and he throws the piss out of it. Mm-hmm. And then you get on Saturday, and it's like he can't throw it worth shit, but he can run the hell out of it. Yeah, <laughs> he was yeah. he was. Uh, but let me tell you something. Well, goes back to that stuff you're talking about because on game day, Bo was a bad practice player. And then Bo would get on game day, and he could do exactly what you wanted him to do. Bo Wallace is the luckiest human being. That I, I tell him about this all the time, and he get he gets mad at me. But Bo is the luckiest man that ever walked the planet Earth. I love Why? him. Why? Why? Because he left us. You know, we signed him at Arkansas State. Yeah, I don't know how many. How many do Ole Miss fans know that? Yeah, they know that. Yeah. All right, so we signed I still talk to Bo. Bo's my dude, man. I love that guy to death. Freaking love the guy. So, Bo, I teased him all the time when we got here because <clears throat> Bo left. So, Bo and Hugh, man, I'm talking about butted heads, man. I'm talking about – I mean, we were at Arkansas State. I'm talking about I, – I, Bo hated hated Hugh. Hated Hugh. And Hugh, Hugh rode him so hard. I'm talking about he was in Hugh's doghouse from the day he showed up. And uh, he couldn't uh, – he lost the job to Ryan Applin. And Ryan Applin was also really good. Um, so he transfers and goes to East Mississippi. So he couldn't win the job at Arkansas State, spends six months at Scuba, and then becomes a starting quarterback in the SEC. I said, you're, you're the luckiest man ever. But Bo was probably the most instrumental person in yeah. getting this turned around. You know, um, 
just a competitor. I freaking love the guy. I'm talking about, you talking about a guy you go to war with. I go to war with that guy. Um, well, you're talking about mentally. stuff like stuff, him ending up at scuba or Chad Kelly had no business being at East Mississippi community college. Zero, no knock on East Mississippi community college, but yeah, true story. Chad wise. Kelly. Yeah. Chad Kelly came when we were at Alabama Jack and, and this is before he came to uh, – because he was a late decision by Hugh to take him. You know, not a lot of people were taking – Chad Kelly wasn't like a highly recruited kid coming out of JUCO. He came to Alabama and threw for us that summer, and I was just okay on the guy. I wasn't – you know, I didn't know anything about him. He was just another guy to me, right? I didn't know anything about the Clemson deal, and this is before Ole Miss. And talent-wise, you were just like, okay, he's just a, an, a guy. But then when he gets on the field, man, and actually gets in the games, you're like, whoa. I mean, just like so special. And it's so it's so hard. And that's why I think, you know, when you're he's one of those guys, like from an NFL perspective, he just get a shot. He he probably would never well, let it go. The only thing that happened with Chad is that he had a good fun night one night and ended up in somebody's house dressed as Woody from Toy Story. That's the only thing hey, that's keeping him. That's the that's it. Make- doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't. It's not at all. It's something that all of us probably have a story just like that. But in the NFL, I love how they hold these kind of things against you. But then if you reach a certain level, no matter what you do, you're getting sick, second, third, fourth, fifth chances. <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful world we live in sometimes. Yeah. They, what they yeah. choose to choose to hold over your head. Yeah. And who gets who who gets chosen to hold over their head? Yeah. So Matt Crowell not going to New York. Not a big fan of that, huh? I don't think anybody no. is. With yeah. a brain. I mean, look, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know how he goes from being, what was it, five weeks ago now? He's like the running away favorite. Yes. To win the Heisman. Now, look, I will say this. Do I think he deserves to win the Heisman? I would vote him second. That's just where because I the numbers him. are what they are. Yeah. No, I don't. But here's the deal. I'm so I would be a terrible probably for the for what the fans are. I would be a terrible what I call a Heisman voter. For me, the Heisman Trophy is, in my mind, if I'm going to start a college football team, I didn't say NFL football team, I said a college football team. Yes. Okay. If I was starting a college football team, who is the one, who is my first pick in college? I'm getting to start my own team in, you know, Anniston, Alabama. I'm going to start my own college team and I get to pick. Why Anniston? That's my hometown. Oh, okay, okay. All right. New Albany, so Mississippi. The, New Albany, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Albany. We'll start on one there, right? Yeah. I get to pick one college player. Who am I picking? Okay. I would probably pick Bryce Young right now. Really? I would. But Why? would I pick Matt second? Yes. Um, Why, I think Bryce. So you think if Bryce and Matt switch places, Bryce would still do what he did at Alabama at Ole Miss? Going to jump right back to Tyler Siski in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two more proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. 
So give Charities a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think now he would, not at the beginning of the year. If you put Matt on that Alabama team, he's the runaway Heisman guy. Oh, it's not even close. Yeah. That's why, for me, you he's know, I, get that. I don't there. argue that. No, I don't. Yeah. I said that, too. I don't argue that point. I just think Bryce – and will Bryce be better than Matt? Down In my mind, too, I'm thinking a little bit like this, too. The pros. Bryce, you no, know, in college, three, you know – Four years from now, if Bryce stayed four years, because what Matt was here in 18, 19, 20, and 21, four years from now, is Bryce Young a better player than Matt Corral is today? I think so, but not by much. But I'm saying Matt should be second. He should be there. Okay. Um, but what Matt did, man, was um, I mean, he's special. I mean, I want him to win it. Um, but to to the guy from Ohio State, man, give me a break. Give me a break. Like this dude. Not a fan of that one. Um, and the guy from Michigan, because he he had he tore Ohio State. He had one good game where he sacked everybody. And he's Sam Williams has guy. better numbers than him. How about Will Anderson? Yeah, Will Anderson deserves to be there over him. And it's not knocking you know, him because he's a great player. But yes. again, who would all right? So here's my question. All right. You get one defensive player to start your Will team Anderson. with. Who are you starting? Yeah. Will Anderson, so that's yeah. how I view it. Again, I'm not some media in. The problem a little bit is, too, the way the voting structure is. You split your votes. It's the same thing with, like, last year's Heisman Trophy. Nothing against Devontae Smith, a great player, right? But, like, last year, who are you starting your team with? If you're starting a college team last year's guys, who are you starting with? But if you did that, it would always be a quarterback, wouldn't it? 
Probably. Yeah. So that's the that's the problem with that line of thinking is that you're always going to not necessarily all the time, but probably. Yeah. Because Devontae um, Smith, I had no problem with him winning it, and I have no problem with Matt not winning it, but Matt deserves to be there. Because as far as consequential players in college football this year, he is one of the most consequential, and it's not debatable. Oh, no. Matt Corral wasn't – I mean, how how many games does Ole Miss win if Matt Corral is not the starting quarterback? Six tops. Six. Who did they beat? Oh, don't make me go through the schedule. No, I'm just saying – They they only lost to Auburn. They only lost to Auburn and Alabama. And Auburn, they lost because Auburn was playing at his very best, and Ole Miss was as banged oh, up as it's been all year. Don't you wish you could play them again, huh? Right. Absolutely. I wonder, okay, if Ole Miss was 11-1 and one right now, they didn't play in the SEC championship game because Alabama did. Where is Ole Miss as far as ranking for the playoff? Five or six? They finished six in my book when I did our, in our podcast, and I did um, – we do the rankings every week, me and DJ Elliott. Um, I never put – Cincinnati and I never put Ohio – I mean, never put Cincinnati, never put Notre Dame in my top six because I don't think they deserve to be in a top four. Um, Ole Miss finished sixth in my book. Um, and that's with two losses? Playoff. That's with two losses. So, let's see here. I would probably put – I mean, I, I think they're – I would have liked to – They're net, first of all, if it happened – exactly what happened, they would not have gotten a playoff because there's no way that we're going to put three teams, three SEC teams in the 14 playoff. That wouldn't have happened. Well, now you're if just making I, a case for an expanded playoff. Oh, I've been – I made a huge case this week on the podcast. I'm I'm proponent, but I'm not proponent for 12. I'm proponent for 16. I am like, too. I could, yeah. I could get this fixed. I could get this fixed in 20 minutes. If they would put me in a room, I've got it fixed. They just need to give me 20 minutes. Maybe instead of playing – the problem with the, the playoffs right now is you got all these all these people in a room, right? It's preposterous. And it's the same thing with rules, okay? But you got you know you got Greg Sankey, you got the ACC guy, you got the Big Ten guy, and everybody's in a freaking pissing match right now, and everybody's pissed off about you're taking my team, and so nobody wants to work together, and there's nobody in a room. You got to have like the NC, this blows my mind. Somebody, the guy in the room, college football needs a commissioner. You got to have somebody in the room saying, hey, I appreciate your input. I appreciate your input. But by God, this is what we're going to do. Somebody has to be the, this is what we're going to do guy. Like a head coach in football. Like I've worked for Or Matt the pullback guy on the sideline. It's behind Matt Luke or Hugh Freeze or Lane Kiffin that's pulling him back in case something bad happens. No, you can't get on the field, coach. You need a pullback guy. They need a pullback yeah, guy. But you can, yeah. No, they need to get no. Well, they need a guy that's like a head coach. Like I could go in and love a player, right? And he goes, "Hey, I appreciate your input, Tyler, but I know I hired you to do this. But by God, this is what we're going to do." And when I leave that room, you know what I have to say? Yes, sir. And I mm-hmm. and I run it like it's the greatest idea ever. Somebody has to be making the decision. But I'm for a 16 team playoff. I think it's um, it's what we used to do in back in one double A a hundred years ago. And you're talking about for the betterment of the sport. Think about this, all right? Every single conference, there's 10 conferences. Every single conference, if you win your league, you get in, okay? And then you take the tops, and then you take the six teams. You still have your committee. You still do all that stuff. And then you have six at-large teams, just like the the, the basketball tournament does, right? And if you look at who gets in, like it would go all the way. Basically, you would go all the way to BYU before BYU would be the first team out this year. I mean, that's a playoff, man. Let's go. And yeah. and 
everybody's like, well, and here's the problem. This is that argument that I know you're about to say is, is really flimsy that, okay, well then it's just going to be a debate about who you left out. No, it but that's healthy. No, it we, we talk, it, it won't because at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, you're going to have people who are pissed off, but like, always, but that's always going to happen. But if you, but you've got your, but here's the problem right now. It's about like Cincinnati got in, right? It's like everybody's been saying for years. And look, I, I'm a group of five guy by nature. I mean, I grew, I spent a lot of time in group of five, right? Like I'm all for, but, but we got to get out of this. Everybody gets a trophy society mentality, man. I mean, if you're not, if you can't win your, first of all, you get, you get to win your league. Okay, you, everybody's got a shot. That's the great thing I actually like about college basketball is at the beginning of the year when they tip it, everybody's got a chance. Sure. And you get the conference tournament time, everybody's got a chance. And when you take somebody's hope away, you've taken everything away, right? And you got a chance. So don't say you didn't have a chance to get in. You do every year. And that's the way it is. It is an FCS. It's the way it should be in FBS if you're going to expand and go to the playoff. And two is this, here's the problem, okay? And this is the, the thing that nobody's really – I think I've seen a couple things said about it, but this is – it's our mentality, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go to this college football playoff expansion. Do you know what came, the one thing that came out of that meeting was? What's that? They created an additional bowl game. God. And they said they were so close, so close to an expanded playoff and coming to an agreement. They even had the podium set up, and they were ready to make an announcement about the expanded playoff. And then they come out and say, oh, we can't agree. Shocker. Shocker. We yeah. can't agree. They, they can well, never. Everybody's agree. got their own shit they're trying to get past yeah. and everything else. And, right. and, and they got their own agendas. But look, when they come out and they say, well, we need another bowl game because we got two teams that are going to be left out. You went six and six, cuz. Like, you know what six and six gets your ass rocking from? It gets your ass fired. Okay. And, and you shouldn't be rewarded for going six and six. You should be getting your ass fired. That's the truth. Okay. You go six and six. It's, no coach wants to go six and six, okay. Unless it's your first year. Hey, like the, that's the, six and six for y'all. First year that that first year in two thousand twelve, that was a lot. No, let me tell you, Hugh had it figured out for a while. So what you got to do here? <laughs> I won't say who told me this. I didn't had no idea about the Ole Miss fandom, right? When I first got here. Now, like, look, this is what you need to do. Okay, it's somebody that we all we both know. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You need to go six and six this first year. Okay. Get them excited. They haven't won an SEC game in like three years. Then you go seven and five. Then you go eight and four. And then you go nine and three. Slowly building up. You, and then you get the hell out of here. That's what I was told when we first when we first showed up. Because once you go backwards, that's your ass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was told that by somebody, a very prominent Ole Miss person. And my question is, for for this person, is that, in their mind, good advice? Because all that says is, oh, we got to get this done. We got a target on our back here. And I know you always do, but saying the quiet part out loud, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to know the quiet part. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, coaches know when you take – I mean, every coach thinks they can go win and, you know, we're competitive people by nature and – you know, every coach that you meet, they're the guy that wants the ball in their hands, you know, to take the final shot. They love pressure. Pressure is – I, I enjoy yeah. pressure. Yeah, I like – oh, I love it. Like, I love high-pressure situations. Like, when you're coaching for your job or stuff what like that. What happened on 4th and 28, see? See? I wasn't – I know. I wasn't here. I, I, oh, yeah, you weren't. You were gone. I wasn't here for that one. I missed I, that I one. was just more or less trying to mess with you, but – Yeah, hey, no, I didn't – uh, Took the wind out of myself on that. 
Yeah, I wasn't here for that one. I've been on kick six though. Um, that sucked. Yeah, I, I can that was the worst. That's the that's the uh, uh, that's that's probably uh, the I've never watched the, I've never watched a replay or <clears throat> the film on that one. That that one hurt hurt me in the pocketbook too. That cost often, me a lot of money. How much? Uh, a lot. Six figures. <laughs> oh God! Not not for wagering and bonus money. For my contract that's killer yeah that's, that sucked oh so boy. when people like I, like i love when like fans were like so upset about it i was really upset about it <laughs> it was a big bump that was a that that went they're upset about it because john brown from church is going to be able to jump their tail on sunday yeah Yours i lost 41 i had a 41 41 percent uh bonus uh structure in my contract that that oh. um oh. that that didn't escalate to because of that how about oh. that? That sucks. Is there anything you actually miss about it? Oh, do I do? I miss the I miss the game, right? I miss coaching. I don't. There's a lot of shit I don't miss. Um, but I, I miss being. I miss being in the arena, um, competing. I miss that part. I miss the kids. I miss relationships. I don't miss all the other bullshit though. You don't miss talking to me. That's what you're saying. I, I talk to you anyway. Yeah, you do. The Braves yeah. won the World Series. Yeah, the Braves won. All, all's good. And Tiger's coming back to play the next weekend. So, all is right in the world. See, they can't see it, but you're wearing a Tiger hat right now. I'm wearing a Grizzlies yeah, hat. Yeah, I brought it. playing good. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday, Tiger announced that he's coming back So to play with his son. And, again, it's just a, like a father-son deal. But I'm a massive Tiger fan. So, so for the next day. few days, what should Ole Miss recruiting fans be paying most attention to? It sucks to be a recruit. If you're a recruiting fan, it probably sucks because it's going to be very underwhelming from any uh, any standpoint. Um, you got some staffs that like refuse to do the portal thing. Um, like, here's what you got in recruiting right now, right? <clears throat> Alabama, Georgia, they're just going to keep compiling high school talent. Everybody, I mean, you're going to get some great high school players because um, there's plenty to go around right now. Um, and then it's going to be what's what happens. I think it's more important about what happens before the first day of classes in January. <laughs> I think that's the, probably the most important um, thing in recruiting right now for everybody else. Um, the rankings don't mean shit. Um, they never did, and they really don't now. I, mean, I don't know how you – I don't how know how you – How dare you? How dare you, Tyler? That's the truth. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd hate for the truth to get in the way of a good story, but – Oh yeah, because um, I'm clickbaity. You've known me for a long time. Am I clickbaity? Uh, you can click click away. I'm all for it. I'm not a clickbaity uh, guy. I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. Try not to. I got burned by Cam Akers. I tell people that all the time. So when recruiting now, I just say, okay, look, this is what it is. But let me just caution you. That's where I'm at now. Yeah, the coaching carousel stuff is that's the stuff that I was joking the other day. I was like, uh, since I've not been coaching, more people call me. I know more like rumors and stuff. But I understand like. And it's probably what y'all go through in recruiting. I understand the how you get stuff wrong and you and you say a guy's going here or whatever and you don't because it's not that you're lying. It's that and when you get when you got that information, it was probably the truth. But things change so fast in recruiting, but especially in the coaching carousel. Um, I mean, it's uh and it's probably the first time I've been involved with it that heavy this year. And I was just like, oh my! I mean, I was like, I, I get that's a heck of a time because this is the wildest coaching carousel we probably ever had. 
Yeah, it was it and it's not over yet, but <clears throat> it's uh it's winding down, hopefully. Yeah, it's not over yet. So are you focused on Oregon? I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, uh, it's, not okay. <laughs> it's not over yet. Uh the the whoever gets Oregon thing is gonna um I mean, you're, they're going to get a sitting head coach, so that's that's going to continue. But um, probably who gets that job is probably something you probably need to pay attention to. Well, who's going to get the job, Tyler? I don't know. Oh. By that, I don't know. You're talking um, very wryly right now. No, I'm not trying to be uh, code or anything for anything on that one, but just I would something I'd pay attention to because it's going to set off some more dominoes. So, but like the Lincoln, you know, the – uh, Am I going to be said, able to go on my vacation on December seventeenth and yeah, leave my phone safe. at home? Okay, good. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I I'll think talk you're safe. Yeah, uh, I, I think. I mean, you never say you're ever going to be safe. Well, no, no, no. But uh, I got a, I got world. some word that like a kid's going to be committing on Christmas Day this year. So, it, like, it I, 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 I wouldn't do that if you gave me ten. Like, I can't. I don't know how y'all do that. That look. That's the one thing about the job. Is like, I can't. Kissing the ass of 17 and 18 year old, 16 year old kids. I don't I mean, like, I've had a good response to just being honest with them about it, not going, yeah, Hey, man, congrats. So I'm like, Look, man, I, this is what I'm doing. And they usually respond to that if you're just straight up with them and say, Hey, this yeah. is what I'm because I think they're don't so be, used to having people want things from them. That's all they get these days. Non stop, non stop. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you hit the nail. I mean, that's the hit the nail on the head with that one. But yeah, the the coaching carousel thing is where it's going to be interesting, not only this year, but next year, is it's been the market's been reset this year, right? And so you can go out and buy you a coach right now. Okay, you can. You can go out and buy you a coach right now. And so when, you know, 15, you know, it was probably really about 45, 30 to 45 minutes um, after Lincoln Riley left, which I was told that he was going to LSU and very strongly for a week um i knew the number uh they the agent pulled up pulled a little sneaky sneaky and basically used that as leverage uh but the agent told lsu he was coming so that's why they kind of told everybody else to kick rocks and but right after he left to go to oklahoma i was told right then that look uh just let you know brent venables is getting this job and jeff levy is coming with him All right, and so i mean and and i was like wow and good for jeff let me tell you something. Well, it's funny because the response I saw, um, somebody reached out to him and anyway, <clears throat> was going to Oklahoma. And the response was, well, Brent Venerable's getting that job from Jeff. And he said, well, OU for you. And he said, there's nothing there right now. And I said to my friend, right now being the operative words there, right now. Look, Levy. Good for Jeff. I got, I got to work with him for a month, I guess. It's great. About a month. Yeah. Unbelievable human being. Like, and I, and I say this all the time, look, I like good things to happen to good people. Um, I do. Uh, um, no matter, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good people out there that have bad uh, raps, I guess, or reputations and some of it probably deserving, but when good things happen to good people, I, I really like that. And he is, he is a great, great, great dude. And you can't find anybody that hasn't spent any time with him that didn't really think he was a great dude. So, Shocking, though, that um, <clears throat> Ole Miss offered him a three-year escalating contract north of $2 million that climbs and also was oh, yeah. willing to say, we'll call you the head coach in waiting, and he still went to Oklahoma. But look, now, I'll, I'll say this, too. Now, I won't – sometimes – and there's a lot of fandom involved here. I got guys that work with me that are massive Ole Miss fans, and I try to explain to them is – you got to take 
coaches aren't fans by nature, right? And right. so, like I tell people all the time, I'm literally not a fan of any – I don't have a team that I pull for, okay? I pull for my friends. And okay? quick recruiting. And quick recruiting. Yeah, but I'm not – it's not a team, right? I mean, it's not a – I don't have a – I don't have a I – mean, we no, got it's a team. Line. It's a team. Oh, okay, yeah. You're uh, the head but, of the team. You're the head coach. You're the CEO. Yeah, yeah, but that's a little different. But anyway, you just don't have a team that you pull for. And I pull, and I've told you, you know, back in the day, I said the Braves were the only team I pull for, and it's not even football. And uh, that's the only thing I'm, I'm a fan of. And you, we rode that you, roller probably, coaster this year, man. We rode yeah, it hard. And you talk to me, you know how I feel about the Braves, and I get all emotional and fan yes. about the Braves, but I don't about everything else. The same thing in coaching, right? But when home calls, it's hard, man, because it's like when you go to school somewhere, you play somewhere or you're from somewhere and you grow up, you have like this dream of being able to do what you do there one day. And so, I mean, it was, and right, wrong, or indifferent, going to Alabama from Ole Miss the first time was probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make um, because I had a life so good here and enjoyed it here so much and loved the staff here. But then on the other hand, I had home, um, calling with a big paycheck and it, it's as crazy as it was I mean I, I came really close to, it was a hard decision I made a lot of people mad that day um, that I took the job I made Nick cuss me out and, and uh, Freeze was pissed off at me in the same same breath uh, I got my first asked you and after I took the job so um, that was that was that was uh, fun but because I fell asleep. I couldn't make my mind up. I fell asleep at like six in the morning. I never told the story before. I fell asleep at six. Uh, I couldn't make my mind up whether I wanted to stay. Uh, he would call me about 36 times between um, 6 p.m. the night before and midnight. Um, and then I had I told Nick that I would uh, call him back in the morning and let him know. And I couldn't. My, you know, was my wife and kids were wife was working and at the time and and my kids were going to school so I stayed up all night long and, and watching TV and couldn't couldn't make a decision we were on spring break here at, at uh, Ole Miss and um at like six o'clock I finally like six o'clock in the morning I finally fell asleep but I didn't set an alarm or anything right and I thought okay my wife would get up or one of the kids and wake me up they didn't and so I hear like this, you know, when you're like out of it and you hear this yeah. buzz and it's like 945 in the morning and I have my phone is just lit up man. 945 for a coach is like two in the afternoon. Yeah, but we we're on spring break. We we're off. Doesn't matter. So, uh, he meant from Hugh, from Ross had called, um, from Nick, from Lance Thompson was working on that end, Kevin Steele. And my message was like, beep. I was getting custody. I can't believe that you would stay at Ole Miss and not have the the guts to tell Nick Saban appreciate y'all that's bullshit and then I had he he wasn't cussing but he would be like I can't <laughs> believe and beep I can't believe you would go to Alabama and not even tell me and so it was like both sides mad at me so um, I had made my mind up that whenever I woke up whoever I, I was just gonna call and he you know if I was gonna call and if I and when I did I called Nick first before I called Hugh because I wanted, I didn't want Hugh to try to because he was good at talking to me out of things. So even my, my uh, club selection on a par five. So I, I, um, I went ahead when I called Nick, he was like, I can't believe you haven't called me. I was like, coach, I'd like to, 
take the job. Then he just then he changed, but he had cussed me out before he uh, <laughs> before I took the job. And then so then I had to call Hugh and tell him I took it. So that was not a fun phone call. Oh, Very it's hard. It's Tyler Siski, CEO of Quick Recruiting, former DPP. What is DPP? D- Development Director, player, Director Player, player personnel. personnel. Yes. Alabama they got all this as a title thing. They call them GMs. They call them director of recruitings. They, there's too many titles. There just needs to be a, as long as the commas and the zeros are right. And he's the host of Home Visit Siski podcast. Is that it? The Home Visit with Tyler Home Siski? Home Visit. With yeah, Tyler Siski. Let me, yeah, let me talk. Since I've been on here for 45 minutes or how yes. long I've been on here today. Yeah. Every, I love for everybody to come join, come join us if they after they listen to yours, of course. Don't come listen to me before right. they, they listen of course. to you, right? But, right. But um, Home Visit with Tyler Siski and Associates, is, uh, it's been doing really well. Um, I'm excited about it. It's been like taking off like uh, wildfire. Uh, but – Look, it's uh, it's me and DJ Elliott are on there right now, and so it's called the Associates because as coaches come and go in the profession, we keep adding coaches and uh, just to come visit. And it's like two coaches drinking beer and at the convention and shoot the shit and talk about things, and it's uh, it's doing really well. So come check it out anywhere you can find a podcast at Tyler Siski on Twitter. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, brother. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.